coming up on this episode of Nerding Casually. Dan and I talk about the death of sequels and then talk about a ton of new sequels coming out in the next few years. We talk about the potential A-Team TV show and the new Muppets show. I get hyped for Disney and Dan is hurting for royal pains. Boys and girls, grab your tickets and your imagination. It's time to start nerding casually. Welcome to Nerding Casually, the podcast where Dan and I nerd out across state lines. Dan, how's it going? Hey, it's good. How about you, Ken? Uh, a lot better than last week, which uh, everybody heard that we had a really bad week last week, so uh, a lot better than last week. Mm-hmm. It's always good to see the universe back bounce back after those tough weeks. Yeah, though I will say the universe has slowed down for me this week, and I think it's partly because we're going on to uh, vacation at the end of the week. Which is actually one of the reasons why Matthew is not doing the uh, producing for this episode, everybody. So you'll probably hear a, a rougher cut than usual. Um, you know, uh, I felt that this week has gone by super slow, too, for some reason. And it's not I, – I wish I could say I was going to Disney World. But I don't know. Like I've been – it's just like I'm waiting for Saturday to get here. And I'm like, oh, man, it's it's still only Thursday. Oh, my goodness. Like – I got another full day of work in front of me. At least tomorrow's payday, and I'm just like I'm so ready for the weekend. I I, I hear you, man. It, it's weird because Monday, like, I was I saw I could see the seconds tick by, mm-hmm. and then like Tuesday and Wednesday flashed by like with with no problem, and then today again, it's been uh, I I was just like counting the minutes at work, and I felt bad because like I I was sitting at my desk like not doing anything but it's because i set it up so i wouldn't have too much to do this week and i think i just set myself up for this like long drawn out like week or something because i I wasn't just like constantly working on a project so Mm -hmm. it's probably my fault i'll take uh responsibility for your slow universe (laughs) (laughs) thanks ken you're welcome (laughs) next week i'll uh or actually week after next when i get back i'll try to be really busy with work and speed up the universe for you oh that'd be That'd be fantastic. Well, of course, next week's going to be October. And then, I mean, after once October gets here, it's going to pretty much be 2016. Yeah, that's a slot. That's the, the quick slide out of the out of the, the year. So, yeah, we'll be happy with that. We'll have uh, pumpkin everything. We'll have fo- like leave tours and peeping leaves and whatever. Pe- leaf peeping. That's what it is. A uh, lot, lot of things going on. So, uh, yeah. October's October is a good month because it's it's always that that like you said it's that, that fast roll into the new year, but it's also the I, it's when fall really kicks in and fall is my favorite month. Mm-hmm. Or wow, fall is my favorite <laughs> season. <laughs> October is one of my favorite months because mm-hmm. of fall, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it, especially since like now it's gotten cooler. Like this entire week, actually, another thing is this week has been really cloudy too. Mm. So that might have led to uh, the slowness of the week. But I, I've liked the cloudiness and the, the coolness in the air. So uh, I've actually turned the heat on my car a little bit, too. So that's been a fun time. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It's, yeah. you know, I may be farther north than you, but it's still temperatures have been in, eight, in the 80s all week. Yeah, we've been like mid 70s all week. But we, oh, have a, we have a storm off the coast as well. So I think that's probably what's affecting it. Oh, yeah. We um, haven't seen rain since I think July. It's insane. <laughs> 
Yeah, we we've uh, we've we've had a similar situation. We're actually in a drought now as well, so it's been uh, it's been pretty interesting. And that's been your farm report for <laughs> the last week of September, two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> go tend your crops yes go go start picking and uh if you haven't started planting your fall crops you're out of luck that's right uh, good luck with the famine this winter <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of uh, it's gonna be cold <laughs> it's cold without food that's, that's what you're right. looking forward to <laughs> speaking of famines though uh so last week and actually for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how sequels and comic book movies and superhero movies have seemingly started to be in the, this decline or the beginning of a decline or we aren't going to see many of them in the future. Mm-hmm. And I I, I, I don't want to like make this story a constant thing, but another story came out today from uh, Deadline Hollywood, or at least they're reporting on it. Uh, an analyst from uh, CLSA, a uh, analyst firm in Hollywood, uh, is reporting that... Uh, sequels uh like to comic book movies and sequels in general have been playing have been played out uh and it's an interesting story because again we've been talking about this for the last three weeks and you even hit it back hit back at like the first or two like first two or three episodes where you were just like you want something new mm-hmm. and i i i just think it's it's it's, it's interesting that, that this story keeps coming back and back and back so i don't know if it's people getting tired of it like Hollywood getting tired of uh, superhero movies or or if it's actually a trend that's happening because I mean you and I still haven't seen Ant-Man and mm-hmm. that's a superhero movie right and we're like we're a nerd podcast so I, I feel like we should be should have watched Ant-Man but we just didn't feel compelled to and we both watched Fantastic Four <laughs> yeah so what does that say like <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to see the superhero genre die I think that's what it is. We we just want to we just want to see the end at this point. Um, I, I will say this though, if uh, if it is the end of the comic book genre, um, and for some movies I hope it is, Fantastic Four, uh, <laughs> and for some movies I hope it isn't, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it is the end, I hope that like you know maybe with uh, Interstellar and The Martian, we're seeing a resurgence of harder sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. like uh, maybe back to a two thousand one style. Uh, I would love to see that. I mean, you you know how much I love space movies in general, but just to to have a, a good like sci-fi movie that has some basic basis in reality mm-hmm. uh, would be nice as well. And I, I look forward to it. I also look forward to seeing The Martian when that comes out because I have heard nothing but glowing reviews. And oh yeah, me too. I heard it actually made like it actually expounded on some of the things the books the book fell on. Which is amazing because of the sources like that I, I, I listen to. Uh, one of them is Andy Anatko from the Chicago Sun-Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also does a podcast called MacBreak Weekly with Leo Laporte and the Anatko Almanac. Um, but just to, just to hear his perspective of the movie and hear how he talked about The Martian. I read the book because of his recommendation. But mm-hmm. just to hear that, uh, I hear, hear that like the movie does better than the book on certain things just makes me excited to see this. That's movie. crazy. That's a first. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, have you seen the Martian? Yeah. I'm going to go read the book. Don't movies tons better. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe, uh, may, maybe, uh, maybe the Martian will do well this year. Yeah, I think so. It'll be this year's interstellar. 
Yeah, I hope so. I mean, and maybe it'll help also Ridley Scott get some uh, some of his acclaim back, especially after uh, Prometheus and everything. Oh. Everybody is. Oh, everybody speaking... really is hating on, on on Ridley Scott. But speaking of Prometheus, sorry. Well, I was going to say actually speaking of Ridley. Oh. No, speaking of The Martian, and well, and Ridley Scott and Prometheus are going to factor in this in a little bit. But have you seen the trailer for Four Hundred Days? I have not. I did, haven't even heard of Four Hundred Days. So 400 Days, uh, I followed Dane Cook, and he's been working on this movie, at, he, and he called it like a, uh, like a psychological like uh, thriller, I guess you could say. And I was like, Dane Cook in a psychological thriller? Like, what the crap? And <laughs> it's apparent. So it's this movie called 400 Days. It has Dane Cook, Brandon Routh, and Katie Lotz, and another actor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But... They are astronauts, and they're sent on a mission, and on the mission, they're supposed to test out, or in order to train for the mission, they have to experience solitary confinement, being cut off from the outside world, you know, to help train for the mission, mm -hmm. and it, they're, they're being cut off from the outside world causes them to hallucinate to see things and actually question whether or not they are still on earth or if they have in fact left and they're on a planet so basically it's like almost like the matrix meets interstellar i want to say or the martian that sounds interesting there is a that's that sounds like a really fun like psychological like are they aren't they type of mm -hmm. movie um Sci-Fi did a mini series like that as well recently. I cannot remember the name of it right now, um, but it was a it was a mini series with Trisha Helfer uh, that uh, was about essentially like this uh, generational ship um, that was in space. Or spoiler alert, I mean it's not getting it's not going to series, so it's not a big of a deal. Um, it was called Ascension, by the way, um, but it was. Uh, these people were sent off into a mission uh, to to just you know go to another planet, uh, and they uh, they had like sixties aero technology pushing them along the way, and it turns out like they weren't in a spaceship; they were on Earth the entire time, and they 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 uh, this this group, which essentially was like an offshoot of NASA at that point, um, was still taking care of the mission. And it was really weird because they would do some like really crazy stuff. Like if they'd have like moles inside the ship. So if somebody needed to be like airlocked off the ship, they would do that. And then they would just like pull them out to make it look like they were airlocked, even though, you know, they're not dead. They're just uh, on earth again. Huh. So, yeah, it was, it was a fun miniseries. It was four episodes. Um, and I, I wish it had gone to series cause it, it was, it was pretty interesting, but I, it just didn't do well enough for them to say, yeah, let's make this a show. So, yeah. oh well. We'll never get the end of that. Right. But and I... I'll oh, go for it. I was going to say, uh, I was just... I'm interested in seeing this 400 Days movie because, uh, you know, Dane Cook being in it, it's just like, like I said, it's like, what? You know, and who knows? Maybe he could be really good because we know that his comedy's terrible now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but since it has Brandon Routh and Katie Lotz, you know, Superman slash Adam... Kath or, uh, Oh my goodness, I'm spacing on his name. The Adam, mm -hmm. Captain Adam, uh, from uh, Art from, from, uh, from Arrow. Arrow. Yeah, uh, is it just Adam? I thought it was just Adam. I think it is just Adam. 
And then uh, Katie Lotz, of course, is White Canary. So, yeah. Black Canary, which she's one of the canaries. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah. So I feel funny. like Brendan Ralph has been trying to like make up for Superman. I hear that. Wait, we can't forget Dane Cook was a superhero. When? Mystery Men. He was the Waffler. What? I kid you not. Look it up. He was the Waffler. Waffler! I'm the Waffler, nice and crispy. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yep. And then he puts the hot waffle press against his face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy mother frack. <laughs> now, that's an underrated superhero movie, in my opinion, is Mystery Men. That, that, I, I actually saw that movie in theaters. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> and I'm proud to admit that. Yeah. That was such a fun movie. Like it I is. loved that movie. It was a fun movie. I, I would I, I want a sequel to that movie. I know, right? <laughs> like like twenty years later, and actually almost yeah, by the time if they started filming now it'd be twenty years later. So like yeah. twenty years later. Good grief. That kid, oh my goodness, we are so old. Yep. Of course, if <laughs> if a sequel to Mystery Men came out, that means that Smash Mouth will be back on top for one summer. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> We've had we've had much worse mo- music on top of uh, the charts for the summer. So, man, I remember summer nineteen ninety nine. All Star was the jam. Yes, thank you, Mystery Men. And you know something. Now that we bring this up, I know we're going off on such a tangent. And we have such a full agenda to talk about. But <laughs> I was thinking about VH one earlier, and when I was a kid, you know, in nineteen ninety nine, before there was YouTube, all you youngsters listening out there. You had to wait for MTV or VH1 to play the music video you've been wanting to see. And I remember that VH1 would have this countdown series. And for the whole summer, Smash Mouth was always on that countdown. And, of course, you know, I couldn't just go listen to it at will on YouTube or whatever. And uh, so I had, to, I had to wait for this countdown to roll around and so that I could be guaranteed to at least see the music video. And I remember towards the end of the music video, they would always cut to the VJ and say, well, that's it for this week. This that's been your top 10 countdown and in the middle of the music video. And it's like, shut up. I want to watch smash. I've been waiting all day to watch this movie and I don't want to see you talking about, well, we'll see you next week. Save that for after the music video. And then of course, after they were done, they cut back to the music video and it was like almost at the end, you know, like they'd be singing all that glitters. is," And I'm like, Oh no, we missed the entire thing. And I was so, that's why I didn't like TRL that much either is because they were, they, they didn't focus on the music videos. They focused on all the shout outs and stuff. And I was like, shut up. I just want to watch the music videos. Yeah, and didn't that music video also have like the characters from the movie as well? It did. It did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it started out. They were the beginning of the music video. Um, it had them doing the superhero. I don't want to say auditions, but signups. I guess more or mm-hmm. less. And then, uh, and then the, in the music, in the middle of the music video, when they're doing the instrument break, that's when they show the scene from the movie where they run. What's his the What's his name's Eddie Izzard's limo limo off the road and uh they all attack it it was (laughs) so yeah speaking of dane cook again like at the very beginning of that video he is in that video like he is the very beginning of that video Mm -hmm. which is amazing 
Mm-hmm. I, I can't like I, I know I've watched this video at least a million times. Mm-hmm. I, I never realized that until tonight. You you have blown my mind. Man. <laughs> like congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> also like so it was also All Star was also used for Shrek, mm-hmm. which I'm sure people will remember because I remember that movie like that song being tied to Shrek completely, mm-hmm. and, and Rat Race, which is probably another movie people do not remember that well. <laughs> um. I remember it because it had Mr. Bean in it, and I, I love Mr. Bean. Uh, so, <laughs> the race, the race. Yes. Oh my god. Um. Wow. <laughs> so speaking of 1999, uh-huh. it's weird that you mentioned like you were you were wanting for music. I'm going to make a confession here, and I mm-hmm. think we're out of the. I, I don't think the music industry cares. I, I pay for Apple Music and everything now. So, you know, if you guys have an issue, I'm sorry. Uh, but, I mean, at that time, that 1999 was the year that Napster came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I had that song <laughs> thanks to <laughs> Napster. <laughs> I think I think that was uh, that that was the reason why I... I I remember like there were a few songs that I would I would uh, definitely like turn on the uh, turn on MTV or turn on uh, VH1 to see, but uh, I don't remember if that if if uh, All Star was one of them just because I think I actually had it via Napster or my parents may have uh, bought the the album or something because I know my parents did like have a uh, kind of like a a pop alternative st- like liking of music, especially my dad he was. Well, he wasn't pop alternative. He was definitely into grunge in the early 90s and mm-hmm. gave me a lot of my good influences like Nirvana and Foo Fighters. So thanks, Dad. You know, when you when you said Nirvana and Foo Fighters, there's, I mean, not to go off on one, once again another tangent, I'll go but for I just it. have to bring this up. There's this 10-year-old comedian girl, and bear with me, I'm going to look up her name. 10-year-old comedian. Um... Saffron Herndon. I don't, I'm probably butchering that, her last name. But she says she's this deadpan. She's 10 years old, and she's got some pretty funny stuff. She's, and one of her jokes is she says, you know, I really wish that – she's like, I really like Nirvana. And I told my dad I wish Kurt Cobain waited 20 years to kill himself so that I could go to one of his concerts, one of their concerts. And my dad says – why don't you just wish that Kurt Cobain didn't kill himself altogether? And then she says, what, and miss out on the Foo Fighters? Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) She's got some funny stuff. The one that cracked me up the most is she says, (laughs) she's like, you know, 10 years old. She says, online dating for me is really tough because every time I meet someone, they end up in jail. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Chris Hansen, uh please sit down over here, please. <laughs> please have a seat. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I miss I miss the nineties. I miss nineteen summer nineteen ninety nine was a defining summer in my life and oh, and then after Napster, once Napster got taken down, we all had LimeWire. We would risk giving our computer cancer just for that one song. <laughs> So you had LimeWire. I was actually never a big proponent of LimeWire. I always used uh, a, a piece of software called iMesh. Uh, That's right. Which was uh, which was an interesting thing in itself. Like, but iMesh was cool because I, I remember going over to it near the end of Napster, but before like the major uprise of of LimeWire, and 
uh, iMesh was different because it it also you could download video and like pictures and everything as well. So like you could download everything where Napster was just MP3s. Oh yeah. So I would get a lot of TV shows and like a, a lot of like comic book stuff from from Napster, not Napster from iMesh, and that was really where I started getting to like uh, things like that. So when yeah. I get into it, but like I would have more access to things that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. And now I just pay Netflix uh, ten bucks a month, and I get everything you know directly to That's my my TV. That's how right. far we have come. Kids these days will never know how hard it was to get anything online. I know kids are so spoiled. Yeah. I mean, hell, you can get Hulu without ads now. So, like, what? Like, <laughs> like now there is one caveat to that: you have to sit through an ad in the beginning and the end. Yeah, that's easy to do, though. That's easy to do. I told Jess that, and she flipped out. She's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I mean, it is bullshit. I'm I'm gonna put that out there, but like, still, uh-huh. I'd rather deal with a pre-roll and a post-roll because, like, the post-roll I can just walk away from completely. Uh-huh. But the like. I just got tired of seeing like the same ad over and over and over inside the show. We we always make fun of them. There's one that Jess and I cringe every time it comes on to this day. And it's the one like th- there's these two kids, a boy and a girl. And they're like, is your community a food desert? And they just like they're going through like the whole ad is just like you need fresh vegetables in your market. <laughs> People should see nature in their foods. Oh, God. Processed foods are bad. Oh, no. We're just like, <laughs> yeah, we uh, mute it and say ugly things to the kids <laughs> about the kids. Voiceovers for the kids. <laughs> like me doing this commercial has cost all my cool points at school. I get beat up and thrown in the locker. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't make bully jokes anymore. Those aren't yeah. allowed. Man. You know, if I was in high school, I you saw 21 Jump Street, right? Yeah. Okay, remember that line Jonah Hill says, like, glasses are cool, people that like comic books are cool. If I was in high school today, I'd be the coolest kid in school. <laughs> that pisses me off because I got picked on so much growing up because of my love for comic books and, and Pokemon. Man, I got in, I got roasted in sixth grade for my love of Pokemon. Oh, and Star Wars. Good grief. Yeah, but if you were in high school now, you'd be a 27-year-old dude and sitting in high school. So, in <laughs> Madame Chere's class, doing with, dealing with her, her French verbs. So, uh, <laughs> I, I think you're probably better off where you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good call. Good call. Plus, you have a great family. So, yeah, you got that going this for you. true. And, and you don't have to be in French again. doorstep of my career, so. There you go. Mm-hmm. See? So. Speaking of doorsteps, uh, mm-hmm. this story has nothing to do with doorsteps <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Facebook today, which today being the uh, the uh, 24th of September, Facebook today had uh, an Oculus Rift announcement, which also they used to coincide with releasing some new footage from Star Wars, from the planet Yaku specifically. Um, and Deadline Hollywood, uh, this is where I actually saw the video. But Facebook released this video where you could actually you're riding in like some type of like riding pod device. I don't want to say pod racer because of episode one, um, but but you're riding along in this uh, hover car, and you can look around the entire planet 360 as you're just like following through uh, this video. And like every time you view the video, like you're gonna see something different just because you get the entire view, and it's it's amazing. It's like being there on the planet. 
And there's two things. One, I cannot wait to get an Oculus Rift. And two, I wish there was a way to make all the Star Wars movies like this. Because then I could have my own personal holodeck, like in Star Trek, talking about crossing universes, and I could watch Star Wars immersively. I could be in Star Wars. I, I could be a hero, or I could just be like, I could be like the, the third party, like or the third person uh, uh, viewer, the third per- party viewer who isn't actually there, just observing. Oh, that would be the ultimate to be a part of the movie. And you know, if, if you watch, uh, you could actually, you know, they could do this with the uh, the original trilogy, and mm-hmm. they could actually do it. So you could go back and see George Lucas edit every movie. You could see him actually cut out certain scenes. Are you serious? No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> but how would it be like you're watching, like you, you have it on 2D in front of you, but you're actually just in the scene where you're seeing George Lucas at the cutting reel, just like cutting out clips of the movie and repasting <laughs> things in. Redoing the Han shoots first scene. By the way, Han shot first, people, and don't argue with it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know how people still argue with that. That are like, he shot first. Yeah. Well, at least with the uh, when Greedo shoots first, it makes it look like it was self-defense and not that he's a cold-hearted killer. Greedo was an asshole. He deserved to get shot. <laughs> and we have a show title. <laughs> <laughs> Greedo is an asshole. <laughs> Man. Well, <laughs> I think we pretty much used that. The, we pretty much finished that story, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, moving along in news, oh, there's just so much to talk about. Um, okay, so bringing the Ridley Scott thing full circle, Ridley Scott has officially declared that Prometheus will tie into Alien eventually. And it, he doesn't mean that this this next Prometheus, which is, good, by the way, going to be called Alien Descent, oh, what is oh, Alien Darkness Falls or something like that. Sorry. Hang on, uh, can I try? Yeah. Alien descent into Prometheus into I need more money and <laughs> I need to try to make a new trilogy. <laughs> Part one. <laughs> of six. That's right. But pretty much. I, there's, now, it wasn't, they, they, he wasn't explicit on, he said there's going to be four movies or three. And he wasn't explicit on if that's three movies from this point onward or if there's three movies in the Prometheus trilogy. And I'm a little concerned because he said we're not going to see the tie-ins from Prometheus into Alien until the four, until the the third movie. And again, he didn't specify if that's the third sequel or the third movie in the in the trilogy. So I'm concerned we're going to be sitting through a bunch of Prometheus bullcrap before we finally get into the into you know the the good the good the good uh, storylines from Alien. You know. Speaking of this, I, honestly, I'm I'm over Ridley Scott trying to fix Alien, Prometheus, and and all that. I Ridley Scott, go work on The Martian. Don't work on The Martian too because it doesn't need to be one. Um, and come up with some new sci-fi because I think you could do that and you'd be really great at it. Mm-hmm. What happened to Neil Blomkamp's uh, Alien movie? Right, is that still going on? Mm-mm, I don't think so. What the hell? Like, seriously, like, the concept art alone was worth seeing the movie. And he was going to, like, you know, retcon, was it three uh, Alien 3 and... Uh, Resurrection? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, for that alone, he should be given billion dollars to to make the movie he wants to make, you know. Well, I think it's because both uh, Elysium and Chappie kind of fell flat. Yeah, that sucks. But we'll still give M. Night Shyamalan work. Well, so, okay, I I will, I think, did we talk about this last week or did I just talk about this with, I think we talked about this last week. Mm -hmm. Um, The M. Night Shyamalan movie was, like, an interesting idea because they cut his budget back extremely and he Mm -hmm. made a good movie. Yeah. Um, so I, maybe what they need to do is like give No Blancom like two dollars, <laughs> pack of gum, pack of cigarettes, uh, uh, you know, give him a pack of luckies, you know, <laughs> lucky <laughs> and, strikes, uh, exactly, <laughs> or pal mouths, whatever whatever your flavor is, and, and like hey, go make uh, go make Alien, and see what he does. He might he might surprise the hell out of us, you know. That's how it is, man. I mean, if you notice, and I know we talked about it, but like, I mean, you can you can compare and contrast. Like, we watched Pitch Perfect two, and that's an example. So the first Pitch Perfect, hilarious on a tight budget, and it was really a really good movie. Pitch Perfect two, huge budget, and it doesn't really capture the lightning as well as the first one did. I've actually never seen Pitch Perfect or Pitch Perfect two. Oh, so, dude. I can't speak to it. All I know is like it would like it played on the word the the B word, which yeah. I feel weird saying on a podcast. I feel weird saying it in general, but mm-hmm. it it was like we're back pitches and things like that. Yeah, we're back pitches. That, that's all I really remember from it. And that Elizabeth Banks directed it, mm-hmm. um, which uh, yeah, I, that's all I know of it. But yeah, so that's all I got. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. I mean, the first one, it. I mean, it's got Adam Devine in it, and Adam Devine's hilarious. And just the first, the opening number of the first movie where they're they're singing is Adam Devine's acapella group, and they're singing "Please Don't Stop the Music" by Rihanna. And then at the end, when he gets done, he drops the mic. I mean, like who drops the mic after you're singing acapella? Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> and then they have so Elizabeth Banks, she's a commentator with. Um, another guy I can't remember his name but they both they kind of riff off each other and they're hilarious and before another one of Adam Devine his his group is called the Treblemakers and uh he's just before the Treblemakers are about to perform another song later in the movie the they they say um and, and Adam Devine's character his name's Bumper he says and Bumper has a new line of sports sandals coming out <laughs> <laughs> wow so lots of funny dialogue. I mean, it's 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 hilarious. The second one was pretty funny, but that's that's the thing with when when movies are given tight budgets, that's generally when the magic happens. And that's why I think Deadpool is going to work and be such a fantastic movie. My concern is that once Deadpool 2 comes out, they're going to give the director all the money yeah. for to make a good Deadpool movie and it's going to it's going to lose the magic that the first one had. So that's interesting. Okay. I, I, when you're the way you're describing pitch perfect and pitch perfect Two, it mm-hmm. reminds me immediately of bring it on. I don't know if you watched that movie. Um, yeah, but I know bring it on too. I think it was like just a, a crappy put together sequel, but it was, it was one of those things where it was like, this was, this did not need to be made. And why, why did we make that? And it, I just, I don't know why exactly. And I'm asking. I'm. I'm not saying like I know why, but I, mm. I, I'm asking like why did Pitch Perfect two need to be made? Mm-hmm. Good question. 
And I think that ties back to our original like story for this podcast and something that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is that we don't need all these sequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no need for them. Like, just uh, tell us a good story. Like, take, I honestly, like, the reason why the first movie is usually the best movie, with the exception of Empire Strikes Back, obviously. And Godfather. Um, and The Godfather. Uh, the reason why the first movie is usually the best is because the writers and potentially the director slash writer take 10 years to come up with a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I, I admit that I, I worship the altar that is that is Quentin Tarantino, so I, I am <laughs> definitely biased here. But like, I, I think one of the reasons why his movies are usually top-notch is because he takes a long time to make one movie. Kill mm-hmm. Bill was the exception. And I would argue that Kill Bill was one story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't two stories. It was one story from different perspectives. Um, and I, I just, I don't know why there's a need to make a sequel out of something that doesn't need to be made. I mean, there was a, a push to make Kill Bill 3, but that obviously obviously has not happened and probably won't happen at this point. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with that. But, uh, like, I, I don't, I, I think the. <laughs> Pitch Perfect and Bring It On 2, or Pitch Perfect 2 and Bring It On 2 are, are two great reasons as to why we don't need sequels to things. And don't forget The Hangover Part 2 and 3. I, I did forget them on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the perfect... You know, my favorite movie of all time is Wedding Crashers. I love that movie. I mean, any I'll watch it anytime. doesn't matter. I could watch it seven days a week. It, it makes... I love that movie. That movie was made in 2005. If it was made today, it would be with the success that it it had, it would be given t- at least two sequels and it wouldn't be funny. No, definitely I mean Anchorman, Anchorman 2. Mhm. That so that 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 would be what happens with Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Anchorman 2 came out what 10 years after Anchorman did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sorry. I I know a lot of people liked Anchorman 2. It was boring to me. It was. It was a little boring. It, and I watched the extended version, and yeah. it was just like it dragged. It dragged on. Yeah. I, uh, I That was a movie that didn't need to be made. And I, I, I'm thinking like maybe that's what's, that's what's probably what's going to happen with Zoolander as well. Yeah. And Dodgeball. I think they're making – they're talking about another Dodgeball. God. Yeah. People, people, stop making sequels, okay? I, I know you want to cash in on people feeling – feeling uh nostalgic. nostalgic thank you uh about the the past and and wanting to go back there but if you want to do that give us a good like a good period movie you know mm-hmm. yeah. just give it like, like like show us like what it was like living in the 80s show us what it was like living in the 90s which we haven't really had yet like we haven't had a good like 90s retrospective movie really um, i think straight out of compton was a good like 80s period movie mm-hmm. um, that that Actually, I think resonated very well, especially in the current climate of things. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think you know, if you want to p- people to feel nostalgic, give us a story based in the past. Don't give us something that is you know from the past. You know, totally. I, I think. Oh, go go for it. I was going to say, um, uh, how do I how do I how do I spin this? Um, the way the the current climate of Hollywood with giving everybody a sequel and a prequel. Are you aware of the um, the new Texas Chainsaw coming out? No. Yeah. So they're making yet another Texas Chainsaw movie, and I don't know. 
I don't know if you saw the last one, but the last one wasn't scary at all. Um, the last one was sort of a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but this one is going to be a prequel. And we've already had a prequel before, so it's like a prequel to a prequel is what we're getting. And the thing is, what uh, what I somebody was was going off on a on a you know just they were upset about it, and they said, "Look, the thing that was so great about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the 2003 uh, reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre was that we didn't know." what was going on in Leatherface's head. We, we, we didn't know he was just a crazy psycho killer that was killing people just because. We don't need to get into his backstory. We don't need to understand his family upbringing. That takes the mystery out of it. That's why it works so well for the Joker in The Dark Knight was because we didn't have this backstory on his psyche. He just was who he was. And that's why the reboot of the Halloween movie directed by Rom Zombie fell flat was because we're getting these these explanations as to why the characters are the way they are. And we don't need that. I mean, we we're, we're, we're hitting on this just for nostalgia and, and for money's sake, but it's really taking away from the quality of these movies that we know and love. No, definitely. I, I, I completely agree with that. I think there, there are some, there are some movies that, that do sequels. Well, like don't get me wrong. The fast and the furious does sequels. Well, because mm-hmm. they, they, they aren't, they aren't movies with a plot. They're movies about people racing cars, doing something, and not dying in the end. Right. Um, and that was not a dig at Paul Walker because he didn't die in the end. He just drove away. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm actually serious about that because I know a lot of people are upset about, you know, just are upset about the Paul Walker jokes. And that was not a Paul Walker joke. Mm-mm. But, I mean... That that franchise does sequels well. They they know what they're doing. But I don't need countless like I, I don't need countless sequels or something that doesn't like if you're not if you're not building an arc if you if you don't build a story that needs an arc, do not give me a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like like Pitch Perfect or 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 Bring It On. I know I'm I'm repeating those two, but mm-hmm. like the Martian is actually a great example. I mean, everybody's been joking. Like every comment I've seen is like, I can't wait to see this movie and I can't wait to see the Martian too. Ha ha ha. Knowing Mm -hmm. like, I mean, that this is a, it's an encapsulated story just from the book. And even from the, I think even from the trailers, you can tell it's an encapsulated story. It's it's one story. And I, I think that's, that's what we need to do is we, we need to come up with some, great creative ideas give give these give these young writers like that have been working 10 15 years on a screenplay give them a shot like let's see what they have and let's uh let's uh see what see what they can make and and probably surprise us and, and give us something amazing i was listening to npr this weekend which is something that i do because you know i am that type of person to do that um <laughs> and it was uh planet money i was listening to and they were talking about uh, Rob Cohen, who was the first director of, uh, wow, the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he made a crazy movie that turned into an amazing franchise. just like amazing in sheer number of movies and sheer number of, of, of dollars that it's made. Mm-hmm. And after that movie, he had uh, a failure, like one, uh, one failure and then another failure. And... Hollywood just like said, no, we're never touching you again. Uh, and mm-hmm. this, uh, this, uh, 
producer comes to his door and is like, hey, you know, so you made this really great movie and I'm going to give you a chance to make another great movie. Um, here is uh, here here's the budget. It's like $5 million. You don't get a penny more than that. And let's see what you do. And the the producer's like habit or his uh his his way of making movies isn't to to like make the best movie out there he just his his idea is like let's make something and see if it sticks like let's see how this goes um and you know sometimes you take a a movie like you know you take an idea and you you just go with it and see see where it takes you. And if it doesn't work, then okay, you don't make a sequel to it. It's you know it was a one off. But also like maybe you don't you know maybe you just uh, maybe we should just be more open to making new things and and seeing what works and what doesn't. And then obviously not sequelizing it, but just uh, taking a similar story or maybe using what you learned from that movie to make something new. Yeah. I totally, I mean, that's what made Hollywood great to begin with. Yeah. I mean, new story. I mean, a lot of the stories back then, like a lot of the movies, especially like, especially in like the fifties and the forties were, were based out of religion, like in a way, like there were, you know, 10 commandments string, uh, comes to mind. I, mm. I'm blanking on, on movies right now, but like they, they were based in like ancient history or religion and, you know they were they were brought to film that way, and I don't know. Like maybe we need some new influx of like movies or something, or maybe we just need like to take out check out some other stories, like like we did with uh, One Thousand One Arabian Nights. You know? Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, you know, going along with these lines of sequels and stuff, did you hear that there's going to be a new Men in Black trilogy? I was reading that and I was like, I am not going to talk about this. And then you put it in the, the show notes. I was like, I guess I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. It was like, I don't care. I read it and I was yeah. like, I, I should care about this. And I was like, but I don't, you know, that's another, that's another movie right there that the first one is just so, brilliant and yeah. perfect it's so good it it, it 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 combines like i almost want to say it harkens back to like the the um the 60s and this in that in that it gives you that feel of you know like alien like the twilight zone mm-hmm. and the outer limits it, it kind of gave you the that kind of feel and then the 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 second and the third the second was just all over the place. I mean, yeah. like when when the when the main bad guy that you're fighting is literally made up of tinier bad guys, that's it. No, it doesn't it, work. It, it doesn't work, and it focused way more. It had the bigger budget, and it focused way more on being funny than being a good movie. And and the first, the first one was just excellent. The third one, I tried to like it, and while it was better than the second one, it's still it, it will never. I mean, that first Men in Black will is just that that holds a special place in my heart. So a new men in black trilogy what what they need to do is make it super dark. They I, mean, I thought like, we were fighting the dark grim. I thought we were fighting that. I I know but this is this is a, a film series that I feel like needs to be dark because you're you're dealing with aliens, you're dealing with people that want to come destroy and you can make you can make it a dark funny movie. But 
it needs to be more dark than funny. So I, I'm gonna I'm going to respectfully disagree with my uh, my my distinguished colleague from <laughs> from Missouri. Uh, I, I'm just gonna say this. Honestly, I, I it's funny you you said you went grim dark on it because I was thinking like the thing I loved about the first Men in Black movie was mm-hmm. that like you said it it had that that sixties feel to it which ironically the third Men in Black movie did not have for me mm-hmm. uh, yeah. despite being placed in the sixties. <laughs> Uh, sure. but for me it had that that wonder that we don't have anymore like that's that's my biggest problem with 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 dark grim movies is that we don't have a wonder about anything and that's that's why i i i i, I want for new sci-fi movies that are that, that look up into the sky that look at the stars and they're like what is out there and how can we get to it and how can we expand ourselves as people as individuals and a society, you know, and I, I want that. And I felt like even though it was a life threatening event um, or earth threatening event, you would get that from that men in black movie. And none of the other two movies gave that it, like you said, there were jokes. Uh, there was the second movie had the Michael Jackson joke, you know, mm-hmm. where he was actually an agent who may or may not have been an alien. Mm-hmm. And the third movie, like, there was some wistfulness of, okay, this is the space program and, you know, this is how we're going to save the world. And there was a little bit of that there, but it wasn't enough. It was, it just wasn't enough. And first of all, I don't think we need to revisit this trilogy. I, I don't think it needs to be revisited. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that the movie needed to have a sequel. I actually don't even think it needed the cartoon series that it had, you know, um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just completely off the board of sequels at this point. I like this the cartoon show though. I I'll have to disagree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean it was fine. Like I just I, I'm thinking like the cartoon series. I never. It was always about just like oh we're gonna. It's a buddy show about hunting, and capturing aliens, and I, I I never got that feeling from the first movie. I, the first movie it was like we were like Will Smith was our analog essentially. Mm-hmm. And he was seeing the universe expand before his eyes, you know. Oh yeah, and and that's something that I wish we could get more of. Especially Meek. like that's that, <laughs> that's why I was so excited. Like the Pluto news, like last month. Yeah, everybody was freaking out about it, which was hopeful again. And I, I think that I, I feel like what we need as a society, and maybe this is just my perspective of everything seemingly like bad and dark and horrible. But uh, I, I feel like what we need as a society again is like that that want to go back into space and that want to be amongst the stars and and to explore and find out uh, if we're alone and to find out what's out there, you know. Mm-hmm. I want things to be happy and positive and 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 wistful and 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 bleary eyed looking into space and that's not what we have right now. So you kind of want like a mission to Mars type. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I kind of want more of a. Uh... This is gonna sound so stupid. <laughs> I I kind of want a Star Trek Four, uh, like, the hunt for the whales, essentially, <laughs> because that was like, hey, we're we're doing this to save not only ourselves but our past and our future, yeah. and it it was a great way to look at look into look into space. I don't know. I Maybe I'm just being a. Uh, 
sappy or whatever, but it's my podcast. It's our podcast. I deserve <laughs> that, right? Right. <laughs> We're just waxing nostalgic on this one. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Well, um, so continuing on with um, building things and, and expanding universes, Tom Hardy could be the next Wolverine. And well, I, I don't know. Let me take that back. Wolverine, Hugh Jackman recommends Tom Hardy replace him. And so, so there's no studio that's been eyeing Tom Hardy to play the role of Wolverine. And I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind Tom Hardy being the Wolverine, especially since, uh, besides Bane, he doesn't have any other really serious comic book roles. He was signed on to play Rick flag, I think for the suicide squad, but he dropped out of that. Mm -hmm. So, I'm totally down with, I mean, we could even have a Bane Wolverine crossover. That'd be pretty bamf, right? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, though. Like, everyone like harping on Hugh Jackman because he's too old to play Wolverine at this point, mm -hmm. which I don't get. Like, give me old man Logan and we're good. Mm -hmm. But Hugh Jackman is 46 years old. I just looked this up. Tom mm -hmm. Hardy is 38 years old. He wow. just had a birthday. So if, if we're going younger, like, let's go with somebody who can maybe, you know, carry the franchise for more than five years or eight years. Shia LaBeouf. Hey, I mean, he's small like a real Wolverine. I mean, that's right. So. Just I, do I, it. I, I'm OK with it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Could you? I could just imagine Shia LaBeouf Transformers style, like with the X-Men, like. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf fighting the Sentinels. No, 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 no. <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> you know, he might surprise us, you know. When people were originally casting Wolverine, they never expected Hugh Jackman to be Wolverine. So. They wanted Russell Crowe to be Wolverine. That was yeah. So maybe, uh, may maybe, maybe Shia LaBeouf isn't a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> um, what do you think? What, how, how do you feel about Tom Hardy? I like it. I think you're right, though. That he he, since he is 38, he might be. That's my only cool. issue, by the way. I, I like Tom Hardy as an actor. Like, don't get me wrong, he's a great actor. It's just the age. Yeah, I really feel like the next Wolverine should be like I like Tom Hardy because he's a shorter guy. I, he's he's not like you know Hugh Jackman's a pretty tall person, and Wolverine, of course, is like what five six I think in the comics. Maybe shorter. Yeah, Wolverine is not a tall, big guy. Like he's not no. tall. No, not at all. Because he's so. a Wolverine. Like Wolverines aren't big creatures. Mm -mm. And and it also gives that perfect dynamic for the saber tooth fights because saber tooth just hulk hulks over Wolverine. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, maybe Ronda Rousey could be Wolverine next. <laughs> You know, she could play X-23. I mean, they could always kill her off, kill off Wolverine and have X-23 take his place. That is true. That I mean, is true. That's how the comics are currently handling it. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be too bad of an idea. You hear that, Ronda Rousey? I know you listen to this podcast. <laughs> you should go for X-23 and be in the new X-Men movies. <laughs> and you hear that, Hollywood? There's more checks for you to send our way. Yes. You hear that Ronda Rousey's going to be starring in the remake of Roadhouse? I heard that, and I honestly have never seen Roadhouse. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, Not my cup of tea. But uh, 
apparently everybody's like psyched for it. So yeah. we'll see what happens. My exposure to Roadhouse is one family guy where after every time he does a roundhouse kick, he's like, Roadhouse. That's Peter, by the way. And then two, and I know you know this, Ron White. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Ron White. <laughs> because that's my that, that's my familiarity. Oh, my God. Excuse me. I got to take a minute. <laughs> I got thrown out of a bar. Four bouncers picked me up and hurled me like a Frisbee. These were the bouncers that go home and watch Roadhouse and beat off. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh wow! Oh God! <laughs> and on that note, Tron Three might not be dead. Perhaps our tweeting about it may have <laughs> saved it. Our tweets and our podcasts have saved Tron 3. I, I'm putting that on the record. I think we're both putting that on the record. I, it works for me. We, we have a toss-up on titles because uh, we could go with Greedo was an asshole and he deserved to get a shot, <laughs> which actually might just be a good uh, uh, trivia name. Mm-hmm. But we should like maybe we should t- uh, title this episode, We Saved Tron 3. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And who's going to see the the residual checks? Not us. Not us. Thanks, Disney. We love your theme park, but you're screwing us over. You know, I I will be happy. I will be okay with not having residual check if they just build the uh, Tron-style park like I talked about last week. Just Mm -hmm. do that. Give me that Tron park, and I won't need a residual check. Throw me a few extra tickets every once in a while. That's fine, too. But give me the park. There you go. Yeah. If you give me that park, I might actually sign up for, like, the yearly pass type of thing because mm-hmm. uh, I, I could see myself being down there. <laughs> yeah. I could totally yeah. see that. I mean, there's so much potential for a good Tron three movie. Like you have Chillian Murphy's character who, I mean, could you imagine if he like, I, I could imagine that would be the plot of Tron three. Like, he, like he goes into the grid and he just starts mucking up everything that, um, that uh what's his name jeff jeff uh bridges character i'm lo- um oh god i just had it no, flynn flynn clue clue no clues is clues the his computer program oh you're okay i see what you're saying he yeah. he would go in and mess up with what flynn did yeah f- yeah okay before clue went all crazy yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i think i, I think that i think that chillian murphy's character and i know he's related to uh, which i I can't remember which one of the um, – isn't he Clues? No. Oh, good grief. I was going to say, isn't he – He's the son of the former CEO, uh, Edward Dillinger. That's right. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I could totally see him going into the game and him you know, picking up the pieces and you know, if we did away with Flynn and Clue and just had – just had um, Flynn's son kind of have to battle in the game, have to battle um, Chillian Murphy's character as he goes in and builds up and and rules the grid. And 
I don't know. I think that could be kind of a cool thing. I'm just spitballing here, but just I could just imagine Chilean Murphy just building up Tron or just building up this this universe, this uh, city, this video game, in, into something amazing and, and even better than when Flynn and Clue were working together. And then he just totally like does something to undermine it. And you know he's he's got an ulterior motive, and it's up to Flynn's son to to uh, make things right. You know, speaking of uh, just completely countering everything I argued in the previous, like, 30, 45 minutes, um, mm. this could be a situation where you could justify having multiple sequels. Mm-hmm. You know, treat Tron 3 essentially like a reboot and have it so uh, Garrett uh, Hedlund is actually going, is becoming Flynn. Mm-hmm. He goes in, he he rebuilds that universe. And this is where, you know, maybe Disney takes a chance and says like, okay, we're giving you 25 mil. And the reason why we're doing that is because we think you can do this on a tight budget with not so much CGI mm-hmm. because you're universe building. You don't have a lot to deal with. And you can explain away things like why things are broken up. Because when, when, when Clue and Flynn and potentially Tron as well fought at the end of Tron Legacy... Like they destroyed what was what Flynn had created, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's where you could have that rebuilding and excuse like glitches and you know things that aren't so that aren't there that potentially should be there. And near the end, you could have silly, uh, Chilean Murphy's uh, influence, or maybe throughout the like th- like midway through, you have start seeing his influence onto the universe, and maybe he starts trying to help out, and it become something darker in the second movie and the third movie, you know? You know, I, I think I'm going to disagree with you there, Ken, on the budget, because I feel like if there's any movie that needs to be on the big screen, it's Tron just alone for the visual visualization. Um, and I feel like if, if they had a watered down budget and they didn't show the, just that eye popping, visuals that it wouldn't be the Tron that that just that kind of pushes the borders and, and redefines um I, more or less a visual spectacle well, I can I can see that I, I accept that argument I, I I would say that 25 million is definitely too low I I would not say it deserves the 170 million dollars just from a money perspective mm-hmm. maybe 80 million which these days is mid-budget for Hollywood. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you you have some things that are established there, and I, I can't imagine that Disney has gotten rid of all the Tron stuff yet. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. Yeah. So maybe... I, I think that you could make it look a little cheap, but not like not by accident, but on purpose, mm-hmm. and integrate that into the story. I think that's possible, and I think that's something that that would justify having that smaller budget. And then that way, when the movie is the success that you and I know that it would be, mm-hmm. they could justify having a little bit more money to to make it look good, but they still need to work on the story. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oh, I just, I'm just <laughs> visualizing right now the, pers- the, the possibilities for... Tron 3 and where we could go from here. Hey, just give us the park, you know? Just give us the park. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, going from here, 
I know there's a couple more things. Um, we're gonna there. So the A team's gonna be brought back possibly as a TV show, and that's. I, I thought the movie was great. I actually really enjoyed that movie. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if that that gets to be a TV show. But so it's come full circle. Yeah, that's right. God. TV show, movie, TV show. I th- I don't know. I thought I really did. You did you like the the movie A Team? I mean, it was what it was. It it was a it was a fun like action flick. I I honestly I didn't feel like I don't know I I, I didn't feel much about the movie. I don't remember who I saw it with at this point, but I remember seeing it with a group of people. But I guess I'm okay on the movie because it doesn't stick out that well for me. Yeah, I don't know. I I love it. I think it's, like I said, it's one of my top five favorite action movies of all time because it's totally unapologetic. It's stupid physics. And and just the actors just seem like they're having fun the entire time doing that movie. Uh, I really wish it would have gotten a sequel because I mean it was way it was right right around the time right before Bradley Cooper got super big, and he like he would he just looked like with 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 him being face he just looked like he had so much fun doing that. Um, the uh, what's his name? Um, not Kimbo Slice. <laughs> the uh, the other the uh, why am I only thinking of. Uh, the fighter, the the guy that played uh, Mr. T's character, he he had fun with it. Um, Liam Neeson, of course, had fun with it as uh, you know, chomping down the cigars and saying, "I love it when a plan comes together." And the fact that they they flew a tank in the movie <laughs> yeah. was, was Quentin awesome. Jackson. That's who it was. Yes, yes, thank you, Rampage. Yes, Randy Rampage Jackson. And uh, I, I mean, I just love hearing that line from Jessica Biel. They're they're crashing the tank. No, they're flying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess my thing with the A team is that like they're supposed to be this undercover team and nobody's knows, supposed to know where they are, but somebody always finds them to get help. You know, <laughs> right? It's such a weird purpose. I I I I, I should, I'm gonna rewatch the movie. I, I'm gonna add this to my list because I feel like I need to give it a fair shot because you were you were on the the train for it. So. Mm-hmm. I will do that. Yeah, I would. I would love to. I, I really would just love to have a sequel to the 2010 where where all the characters came back. And uh, but you know, like I said, we won't get. It only made a modest like, want to say maybe 170 million or something like that in the box office. So <clears throat> it wouldn't get. But this would be a perfect one of those. Give it a give it a 20 a 30 million dollar budget and see what happens. Yeah. Just offer the actors like, hey, we're not going to give you a lot of money. We're just going to give you the bare minimum. But if the movie does well, you get like two points on the on the profits or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of wish more movies would do that because it would it would definitely take chances and it would it would get people involved in a way they would they would want to like be in that movie. Like, and I'm not saying that actors don't want to be involved in the movie as it is, but I think. I think it might give a new skin to the teeth. I mean, I, I think that's why Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of, of, of Tony Stark is so amazing is because he he gets money every time that character is on screen. And mm-hmm. it's not that he gets money from his salary. He gets money off of the profits of the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, maybe it's because Robert Downey Jr. needed that, uh, uh, that redemption story there. But I, I think 
it, it shows that you can you can do something you you can give some inspiration in a way that you might not be able to with a, a standard salary mm-hmm. uh, and and you know to and, and going along with that it just shows that when you can tell that actors are having a fun time making the movie that they're making all sorts of magic can happen that's when they're really into it yeah i think that's uh I don't know how the man from Uncle's gonna do uh, sequel wise, it might, and I, I would like to see those characters again. And I think that was one of those movies where you could definitely see that they had fun making that movie. Like yeah. it was, it was such a fun movie to watch. I can't wait to watch it. I, I definitely need to see it. <laughs> it's when, when it comes out on Netflix or, or wherever you're gonna, uh, wherever it comes out, you should definitely take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, right on. Well, what have you been nerding out on this weekend? Well, uh. So I've got a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I have started watching watching wrestling again. Nice. Uh, I, again, the only wrestling I've ever watched was WWE. I was a mainstream WWE fan. I was not a fan of WCW. I'm sorry if you were, um, or ECW. Um, just, it was not my cup of tea. Uh, mm-hmm. And I liked WWE. And and Matt and Matthew and I have started watching it, especially after. Um, the guy who plays Arrow, who I cannot think of his name right now. Steve Amell. Uh, Steve Amell was at, at SummerSlam. And Matthew and I signed up for the free subscription, and they got us. They got us good. <laughs> <laughs> because we watched that fight. And I had been watching it off and on for, like, the last six months. But uh, we watched that fight, and we were just involved, like, in, enthralled with it. Uh, Matthew made this point, and I never thought about it like this until he, made, he pointed it out. Um, but there was a tag team match with, like, six guys in it. Uh, and they had their henchmen or sidekicks or whatever you want to call them outside the ring as well. But there was a point where like all six guys were standing off on each other, like the cover of like Avengers versus X-Men or, or, <laughs> or some type of comic book. And it just looked fantastic. And like, I gotta be honest, like it, it's definitely a soap opera. It's a soap opera and, and it's not even about the fighting anymore. It's about the storylines and I know it's fake and I'm actually fine that it's fake. I mean, people still get hurt and sting who is like 50 some years old was wrestling uh last weekend at a pay-per-view and he got hurt so you can get hurt in wrestling it's a physical sport or physical entertainment mm-hmm. but it's so much fun to watch and i like people like give me so much crap for wanting to watch it but like whatever i'm an adult and i'll do what i want that's legal and you know doesn't get me in jail uh and i love wrestling so i've, I've been watching a lot of uh, wwe recently Mm-hmm. Also, uh, making a tangential, or uh, this is this is <laughs> tangential to wrestling. The Muppets came yes. out. Um, Matthew and I watched that this week, and it was hilarious. Um, and I was, it's a lot like Thirty Rock or The Office, where you're you're seeing the behind the scenes, and you also see a little bit of like the action as well of the actual show that they're they're following. That's that's where it's more like Thirty Rock. Uh, but uh, I I really like that. It's a, it's behind the scenes, and you get that that gritty like that not the gritty but the, the actual like, the interactions between between the characters, and it's got everybody there except for Rolf, and that makes me sad. Yeah, uh, which one's Rolf? Uh, the dog. Oh yeah, yeah. dang yeah, and I'm right. hoping they bring him in. Like I, I think it may have just been an omission, maybe for the pilot or something, but like I I, I want more of it. Um, yeah. and the, the old grumpy guys who I cannot remember their names right now, um, yeah. are in there as well. Um, 
but they're yes. playing. So the the show is following around uh, Mrs. Piggy's late night show, up late with Miss Piggy, and Kermit the Frog is her executive producer. And he also broke up with her a couple of months prior, which everyone is, I think, probably aware of at this point because it was all over the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike The Simpsons breakup, which is not real, the Kermit and Miss Piggy breakup is definitely real. Mm-hmm. And it does have an impact on the show. Uh, so it's it's just fun. It's a fun show. And I, I would say, everybody, if you get a chance to watch it, put it on Hulu, watch it, and enjoy it. Yeah. I um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And then the final big thing for me, uh this again, this is the fall uh, premiere season, so a lot of shows are coming back. Doctor Who came back last weekend and I talked about it last week and it took me a couple of days to watch it just because there was a lot of stuff going on. Mo- roommate was moving out and XYZ was happening, work, Disney preparations, blah blah blah. I didn't watch it until this morning and I'm so glad I did because I got to say, "Hey, everybody needs to watch. Everybody who loves Doctor Who is going to love this episode." Um, if you don't love Doctor Who or if you haven't seen Doctor Who before, this probably isn't the best episode to come into just because there are a lot of things that, that like heart back on previous series, um, and previous seasons, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was a fun episode and it was, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, the story was great. The story was actually like probably one of the best stories I've seen recently. And mm-hmm. Peter Capaldi, who plays the doctor, um, he was amazing. Like he, he's probably, probably my number two doctor after Tom Baker, who, which says a lot, which I know everybody, like I, I always go back and forth. Like Matt Smith was my number two when, when he was the person, but I actually, Matt Smith wasn't my number two. It was David Tennant, but uh, Peter Capaldi is amazing. He, he brings his a game. He brings his fandom to every, every line that he says, he, he he's just an awesome actor and he's a great comedic actor. And if you don't like Dr. Who, you should go and watch the thick of it. Um, because he's funny in that too. And finally, least, uh, least and not last, but not least, excuse me, Disney. Uh, we're going to Disney this week and, and we're actually going out tomorrow. Um, and I cannot wait. And I'm excited one, because all of the planning for the last six months will be done and I can just enjoy the vacation. But two, I will get to ride a train down to Disney like I'm going to Hogwarts and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I'm excited for you, man. Thanks, and, man. Uh, yeah. Well, I, like, like I said, we're going to have to nerd out about Disney when, we can, when you come back. Yeah. So in two weeks, guys, uh, Nerding Casually will be all about Disney. That's right. That's right. Um, right. Well, I just have one. I have two things. I've been watching Royal Pains and... And after when I finished Arrested Development, I'm getting back into Royal Pains, and I, I'm almost mad at myself for for ditching it for Arrested Development, but because it's such a it's MacGyver meets a medical drama. It's it's a great show, and I really enjoy it. And I'm I, it's it's definitely picking up, and so I'm pretty excited to see where it heads off. But I'm pretty excited to talk about this movie. Ken, have you seen Spy yet? I haven't. Is that the movie with Tom Hardy and Chris Pine? No, that's um, This Means War. Okay. Um, this one just came out this summer, and it's got Melissa McCarthy, yes. Jason Statham, um, Jude Law. <clears throat> and so m- me with probably 99% of all the Ghostbusters fans out there are really upset about Paul Feig 
taking over making a female centered Ghostbusters with Jenny Jenny not Jenny McCarthy Melissa McCarthy. Um, this this movie written and directed by Paul Feig, it's squashed all my doubts. I am highly I I firmly believe that Ghostbusters is going to be a great movie because of Spy. It is freaking hilarious, and I highly recommend that you watch it. It's not your typical spy movie. And it's hilarious. And Jason Statham is hilarious in that movie as well. Awesome. Also, yeah. we're going to have to have words later about what you just said about uh, Ghostbusters. Just because I, 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 I was not worried about Ghostbusters whatsoever. I was actually <laughs> happy. Um, because as, as much as I, I, I think this is a, a, one of those scenarios where it's not a sequel. It's not even it's a spinoff in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a reboot. I think it's one of those scenarios where it, it could be good. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Well, like I said, you must have been in the 1%. <laughs> I, I was the 1%, which I, I, I thought more people were excited about it. Like, I, I kept reading that people were excited about it. So I don't know. I, um, I'm okay with being in the 1% of being right, though. So that's fine. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. On, so the, the, the uh, websites that I follow that, that have been covering this, they're all like, oh, it's going to be garbage. Melissa McCarthy's, you know, she's just terrible. All she's good at is being vulgar and stupid and all this. And, and no, I mean, it's like I said, I highly recommend that you check out Spy because it is, I mean, Jess and I were laughing so hard. At one point, like we had to stop the movie because Jess was laughing so hard. Like, <laughs> She wasn't even, she got to the point where like, she wasn't even laughing. She was just like making like high pitched squeals because <laughs> she couldn't breathe. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I, I'm uh, excited. I, I'm, I, I'm excited for Ghostbusters and I haven't not, I have not seen Spy, but I will definitely, I've got a train ride that's going to be eight hours. So I'm going to probably add that to my, uh, just download that and watch it while I'm heading down. There you go, man. There you go. So, well, I think that's about all that we wanted to say today, right, Ken? Yeah, I think that's about it, man. And I'll, actually, there's one more thing. Thank you, Disney, for giving a glimmer of hope for Tron 3. That's it. That, thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so as always, you can reach out to the podcast on Twitter at Speak Casually. Send an email to nerdingcasually at gmail.com or post a comment to the Nerding Casually blog. You can follow me on Twitter at Kenji, that's K-E-N-G-E, and on Facebook.com slash Kenji, K-E-N-G-E. Dan, where can people find you out online? Well, always they can find me on Twitter at dbrixis99, that's D-B-R-I-X-I-U-S, the number 99. And on Facebook, they can find me at Facebook.com slash Dan.B-R-I-C-K-S. Awesome. Next week we will be talking, or next episode we will be talking about Ender's Game because Dan and I really want to talk about that. We're going to mm-hmm. be talking about the movie, and like as everyone's probably aware, there's probably there's like one second they will say like yes, there was some controversy behind it, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the story. Mm-hmm. Just getting mm-hmm. that out the way. We're talking about the story. I don't care about the controversy. Yeah, me neither. Um, until then, Dan, have a good week, man. Hey, you too, Ken. Awesome. Nerding Casually is recorded at Glenmore Station in Raleigh, North Carolina. And recorded at Not Fox Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. Our engineer slash producer who isn't here is Matthew Moore, and you can find his work at swiftobjectives.com. Until next time, true believers, keep nerding out.